May each and every one of us, husbands and wives, put ourselves under the greatness and the glory of God. Amen. Well, it's great to be here worshiping with you. Great to be celebrating with you guys, whether you're here in person or you've joined us online. Man, it is all about Jesus Christ. May he get all of our worship and attention. He is the one who speaks and this creation exists. And then by his presence, he holds it together. Man, it is all about Christ. And all of God's people said... Amen. Let's not miss that. No matter where you're at, no matter what's going on, as we rally together for a church, this is about Jesus Christ. And we're in a series here called Light on a Hill. Light on a Hill, and we're talking about what it means to represent that God of the universe in this dark world. What does it mean to be able to take a stand for Jesus Christ, to be able to connect with friendship or leadership or family or so many different facets where we allow God to fill us up, our heart filled with the totality of who he is, right? Our hearts just spilling over now because of his love, his compassion, his mercy, his forgiveness. And as he fills us up, shapes our soul and trains us, may that then be spilling out to the streets as we go and connect with those around us. It starts with your worship on fire. Do you know the God of the universe? And is he rocking your world? And then may we take a stand and take a step out, being a light in this dark world. We talked about what it means to be a godly friend, to be able to have the right words and the right timing and the right think, and to not make it all about me and every conversation I'm in, but to be able to care for others and to lift them up along the way, to be a godly friend. And then allowing that to continue forward, to allow leadership to lead in your life in whatever facet of life and living you have, you have leaders. And make sure you respect and honor in the midst of that. May God ultimately be seen as over it all. We just got done hearing the song say, he actually holds it all together. Do you believe that? Because if he is holding it all together and he is over it all, may we properly show then respect ultimately to him. And then uh, this week here, we're going to be looking at what it means to be a godly wife and going after that. Last week we were talking about godly parenting and how it looks to take care of the home. Now we're gonna be looking at husband and wife. And uh, to be honest, I would lead with the husband every time except next week's Father's Day. So we'll have the uh, godly husband next week and we'll be doing godly wife this week and we'll walk it through that way. May we learn from this together as we walk through these next two weeks. You might be like, dude, I'm not married. And this is so important to have a godly biblical understanding of marriage. So whether married or not, this can be super helpful if you are married. God willing, this will be able to lead you uh, in directions towards worshiping your God while you care for your home. Ready? And all of God's people said. All right, so here we go. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 1. 1 Peter 3, starting in verse 1, as we dive in. Point number one, a godly wife will allow their husband to represent their family before God. A godly wife will allow their husband to represent their family before God. And I chose these words very specifically. 
right? And we're going to walk it through. We're going to understand why I chose to say it in this way. And it's super important that we express in this way as we walk along and uh, understand the whole of what God's word says, right? So a godly wife will allow their husband to represent their family before God. Here we go. It says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without words by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Let's just hold right there. He says, likewise, wives. So this is a connecting, right? Likewise, it means we just got done talking about something. Now let's continue that forward and bring it into the home. Likewise, wives, what was talked about in chapter two? Well, it was talking about Jesus Christ and him being the head of all things and yet him being so humble, him being willing to take a step back or even a step down, him being willing to work with others and love others and care for others even when it cost him, right? There was a lot of sacrifice on the part of Jesus Christ and a lot of humility along the way. In fact, in chapter 2, verse 23, it says Jesus was entrusting himself to him who judges justly, God the Father, Jesus entrusting himself to the Father. And man, I'm just telling you, if there was, I don't think there's a better description for how we should be walking through this world. I am entrusting myself to God the Father. See, if we're not doing that, the next opportunity that we'll have is I am trusting myself to me. And then we start bringing heat and pressure and force and vengeance and so many different approaches to try to fix the problem. But if we see God as ultimately over it, it gives us some understanding in how to approach. So he says, likewise, wives, like Jesus, be subject to your own husbands. And uh, wow, this ought to be a fun conversation, huh? And uh, be subject to your own husbands. Let's walk this through very carefully, all right? Some of your passages may say, uh, submit to your own husbands. And uh, let's make sure we understand this word, subject there. It says, uh, really, the best way to understand is to recognize ultimately that they answer to God. Recognize that your husband ultimately answers to God for what's going on in your home. And so there's allowing them to lead allowing them to lead. Now, before you run too far in your mind on what that might mean, we're going to define that, all right? But allowing them to lead is a huge deal. That's the be subject that's making sure that you recognize that ultimately God's over the family and the husband responds to God and gives answer there. And it says, be subject to your husbands. So ladies, what this does not say is be subject to any male that ever existed. And all of God's women said, like, let's not misunderstand this, man. You mispreach this, you misunderstand this word, and you start teaching a horrible mistreatment of women. And that is not what this is about. This is about headship in the home. This is about responsibility and assignment before God. It's a huge deal. Be subject uh, to your husband. And uh, so let's make sure we understand how this rolls out, how it looks to be uh, celebrating that I have one man in my life. I'm bringing respect to him. I understand this home and I understand he answers to God. So let's understand it first with what it's not. Everybody say not. Yeah, make sure you really get this. The next few words I say are not, right? So everybody say not, say it louder and bigger. Not, not this, all right? It doesn't mean women you are less valuable. Not that. This isn't speaking to value. This is speaking to roles 
and responsibilities. This isn't speaking to value. This isn't even necessarily speaking to skill set. You very well may have abilities in areas that your husband does not. And that's not what this is talking about. We'll get to that in a second. It's not less valuable. Not that ever. Not that at all. May God get all the glory. And another thing it's not. Ladies, this is not you losing your identity. Your uniqueness. This is not you losing who God created you to be. It is not that. Like all of a sudden you're this person who has all these gifts and these skill sets and these thoughts and these means and then you get married and your husband just says, just do whatever I say and all of a sudden you're no expression, no thought, no ability. I have to just let him lead. Not that. Everybody say not. We have to really understand what it's not, right? Let's make sure we get that down. This is a super big deal. Not a loss of value, not a loss of identity or uniqueness, your passions, your skills. This is not autocratic leadership. He says, woman does the end. Everybody say, not that. Okay, trying to be super clear of what it's not. So then what does this word mean? So to be subject to or to submit to, let's make sure we understand a few things about it. So here's what it is. Everybody say is. is. So here's what it is. First of all, we'll start. As to the Lord, as to the Lord. Colossians chapter three, verse 19 is a great quote there as he's talking and uh, 18 and 19 talking in detail. He's talking about the wife together and the family together. And he's using the phrase as to the Lord, as in the name of the Lord, as the Lord wills, right? It's this whole concept of God over it all in everything you do. In fact, he ends up that section saying, whatever you do, do all in the name of the Lord. So always we ultimately realize that our action and behavior is a worship before God Almighty. So yes, as to the Lord. That's a huge part of this role responsibility as to the Lord. Here's another piece. Uh, True submission is going to require a good communication, a good interaction, talking together. Like this is a huge deal that a, a relationship, a healthy marriage will talk together. You will talk along the way. You will talk about ideas and thoughts. You will share what you were thinking and then what your partner was thinking. Guys, it is important for you to know what your wife is thinking. Wives, it is important for you to know what your husband's thinking. And you're working together in this dance, coming up with conversations as you communicate with each other. And then here's the big piece. You're like, well, how's that different than any other relationship I would ever have where we just talk and work it out? And here's where it comes down to. If you disagree, if through a lot of conversation and talk, maybe even prayer on it, there's disagreement, but what the husband is looking to lead to is not sin, well, then that's a moment to allow him to lead. If it's not sin, now let me quickly follow this up. And guys, if you're pulling that trump card all the time, we have a different problem going on. The goal is to be able to lead to a spot where both of you are well represented in the marriage. And so lead to that end, guys. Be able to lead looking for this honoring of who they are. But in the end, if you as the husband are seeing before God, it really needs to go this way. What you're calling for is not sin. Then ladies, there is a point after good conversation where you begin to say, okay, I'm going to allow him to lead in this. And uh, I'll just say it this way, guys, if that happens more than a couple times a year where you're like trump card thrown, it's just what I want, I don't care where you're at, 
we probably need to talk a little bit more about how leading is going on in the home, all right? Be super careful with that because God has brought you together to make you one. And that doesn't mean make, you, make them both you guys, right? To make the two one, this unique expression of a marriage relationship together. It's a huge deal. And, uh, you know, talking together goes a long way. I'll just tell you, like, my wife and I are going to get away this week for vacation. We're going to try to get away just a few days. We're going to be back preaching next week. But just taking a handful of days, we're going down to Alabama. We're driving down there, and uh, we're going to sit on the beach. It's supposed to be like 88 degrees, 98% humidity. That ought to be fun, right? And uh, so we're going to be down there and enjoy a little bit of sun and water. And, and I'm just telling you, when we started our vacation talk, it didn't have that trip in it at all. And we had other trips and other thoughts and maybe a flyaway somewhere and whatever. And then prices kind of rising. And then which way do we go with? And then temperatures and then hurricanes. And, and as we began to talk it all through and listen and hear from each other, we both came back to the same thing, which is we really like being around the ocean. Maybe we should just come to that. And we began to come to an understanding together. So um, that's where we're headed. Be praying for us on a 12 to 13 hour drive to Alabama, right? <laughs> we're both like really excited about the trip, you know, mostly. That, that piece, not so much, but, but we'll have a good time. May God get the glory. And we agreed together on this and fired up about it. It honestly is the best match for what both of us were thinking for a trip. That's what it looks like to be able to lead together and come to some conclusions together. I'll say it this way, guys. I say this all the time in weddings, so it's good you hear it. We'll just put it out universal. Whenever I'm doing a wedding, I say this. Ladies, just imagine you have the pink circle, okay? Yours is pink. Guys, you have the blue circle. Now, as you get married, as the two come together, can you imagine like the two circles overlap a little bit and you start to see that kind of football image? Can you see it? As the two circles overlap, you get that football. And when pink and blue are over the top of each other, what color do you get? Purple, good. You guys know your color. So, so you get this, some of you are like, dude, I have no idea. Just move on with the illustration, right? <laughs> like, so you get this purple football kind of thing and that's what you're targeting. You're looking to communicate to head for the purple. Guys, as you lead, you're looking to lead to the purple. There's so many things you could come up with that are straight up blue dot only. This is what I want. But your goal is not to just drive the marriage all towards the blue dots. Where is she at? What does that mean? And there are some pink dots out there where you're like, please, not that movie. I can't. I can't watch that. And right, you have your conversations as you talk it out, but there's a lot that's a oneness together. Purple football is where you're headed. Head for the purple, all right? And guys, as you lead for the purple, there should be very few times where you got to say, I'm sorry, I got to call an audible out on this. I feel like God's really leading to this area and we're headed over here. Usually it should be, we've both jointly found a way to be good with this and let's go after it. Ready? And all of God's people said. So that's strong leadership. And at the same time, ladies, that's also allowing him ultimately to be able to lead finally before God if the two of you see it a little differently, all right? There is a headship put into the structure of the marriage. And uh, make sure you're ready to let them lead, all right? He says, so that, and uh, why should you be submissive to your husband? So that, purpose statement, even if some do not obey the word, 
Even if you have a husband who's not listening to God, he doesn't care what God's word says. You're married to someone who maybe they're not saved or they're certainly not obedient to God's word in the moment. He's saying, now heads up, there's value in you being able to communicate respectfully and then let him lead. Here's the value. He says, that he may be one without words by the conduct of their wives that you literally could influence them to understand that there is a God of the universe who is rocking your world as you show a respect and an honor, right? Actions are worth a thousand words. And so less words, more alignment and action, may God get all the glory. And I just know this, it is amazing how many marriages are moved towards a worship of God as somebody decides to say, that's it, no matter what, I'm doing what God calls me to do. And in this moment, ladies, godly wife, for this week, he's calling you to say, okay, I will be respectful, I will honor, I will have communication along the way as to the Lord, right? As to the Lord. Ladies, if your husband is like, all right, I got a plan. We're robbing a bank this weekend, it's gonna be great. Like you get to say, no, right? And all of God's women said, right? If it's unbiblical, if it's not honoring God, it's out. That is not where you stand. No, I take a stand against that. But if it's a call that is really not unbiblical in any way, it's not wrong or sin, and you've had your talks and disagreement and whatever, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna let you lead, then so be it. Just so you know, that can go a long way in showing that you know the God of the universe who's shaping your heart and you would love for him to shape this home. And all of God's people said, huge deal. He says, when they see your respectful and pure conduct, respectful, like you honoring, you encouraging him, you know, all right, I don't really want this. You know that, but I trust your think. The way you see things is usually a little different than me, but I get it. God works through that, and I'm gonna allow you to lead on this, I get that. Like those kinds of moments of encouragement and trust and honor go a huge long way in allowing them to lead. It says respectful and pure conduct, holy, righteous, God honoring. The words you use and the temperament you take, ladies, can win your husband over to Christ. That's what it's saying. You literally can take a stand for Jesus and see God rock that home. You might be like, I've been taking a stand for quite a while. And like, just stay faithful. Watch God move. Be respectful. Whatever God has in hand is what God has in hand. May he get all the glory. And all of God's people said. And I was talking about illustrates this week with Jana and um, just how do we understand this best? And, and this is a tender topic. We have to understand it. This can be so misunderstood. The world teaches this in a way that is just so abusive and then the fix for it is to abuse back the other way. And like neither of those good plans. And so how do we make this a sweet, sweet connection together? And, and um, Jonna brought up an illustrate. I get to say, say that so that I'm dismissing some of the responsibility of this illustrate and to the both of us, right? But as we talked together, uh, John was like, well, this actually was a, a good illustrate of it in, in our relationship. We had just started to connect. I'm not even sure you'd call it dating yet. Would you call it dating? All right, John, I went like this, so that means no, yeah. So 
So uh, like we were kind of in that front end, sort of getting to know each other, beginning to try to figure out which way was up and do we really want to spend some time together. And uh, we decided to go canoeing. And uh, you know, canoeing is a sweet thing. You can enjoy the nature, you can enjoy that. There is a front to the canoe and a back to the canoe, right? And so as we got the canoe set, Jana went to climb in the back of the canoe. And I was like, would you be okay if I um, was in the back of the canoe? And, uh, and Jana basically said, yes, I love you. And that would be wonderful if you did that. She did not say that at all. <laughs> she did not. She did not. It went something more like in her head, something more like male chauvinist pig has to be so controlling. Fine. Right? Have you ever had one of those where you end the conversation with fine? It was one of those where she's like, fine. As she's climbing to the front of the boat, I'm like, wow, this went well. You know? So we climb in, and as we get it going, I'm like, okay, where do you want to go? Right? And she's like, what? Well, I thought you were in charge. And I'm like, no, being in the back just means I'm steering a little bit. We're steering to where we want to go. Where do you want to go? And she's like, well, how about if we go over there? We're like, okay. And we started to go to places we both agreed upon, and it gave a little bit of modeling of where we were headed, right? This is what the whole relationship is going to look like. Me leading doesn't mean you losing. It does mean us working together. Now, if she said, let's go over there where all the bees are swarming. <laughs> like, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not going there. And uh, why not? You're so controlling. Maybe a little on that one. Maybe a little, you know? Like that's, it's really important that we work together and understand how we're going to hear each other. Guys, as we lead, we're leading to make sure that largely it is leading to the purple. And as we go after that, ladies, making sure you have a fair conversation into it, communicating along the way. Ultimately, if it's not against God and he's really standing hard on it, then let him lead. Ready? And all of God's people said. Okay, so simple question. So do you have a biblical view of the role of husband and wife? Is your view of God's roles biblical? Or are you like, pretty much everything you just said is foreign to me? Are you willing to go after that? Next question. So how well are you doing at going after that? May God get all the glory, right? Okay, point number two. A godly wife will find their highest beauty in a heart that is gentle and God-honoring. A godly wife will find their highest beauty in a heart that is gentle and God-honoring. He says, do not let your adorning be external. Do not let your adorning, just so you know, that word adorn there is actually the word world. Do not make your world the externals. Do not make your whole focus, are you hearing it? It's really important you grasp the difference. It doesn't say, ladies, don't ever attend to the externals. Everybody say, not that. It's not going that far. It's just saying, don't make it your world. The word cosmos is actually there. Do you hear it? Cosmos. Don't make your world the externals. Don't make your whole focus the outside, the looks on the outside. It says, do not let your adorning be external, the physical, the presentation of you, like the braiding of hair 
I know some of you are like, I braided my hair today. I can't believe today is the day I chose to. It's not saying don't ever braid your hair. Everybody say not that. It's saying don't make it all about your hair. And some of you ladies, you're like right now, all right, this is getting a little too close to home, right? And for some of you, you're like, well, praise God, it's not about my hair. I'm glad to set that aside. Like just so we're clear, like he's saying, be careful, don't make it all about the hair, the dressing, the adorning, the shaping, the braiding, right? It's not wrong to braid, it'd be wrong to make it your world. Or the putting on of gold jewelry, right? Wearing of jewelry. In this time, gold's the big deal, right? And now kind of you see the silver's taking over at some level and maybe it's even starting to swing back the other way, but they're like, hey, don't make it all about the jewelry you're wearing. Please hear me on this. Again, don't make it your world, right? It's more about your heart than what's on your hand. You hear me on that? It's not don't ever have a piece of jewelry. It's don't have a heart that's trying to make it all about the jewelry you show off. Have you seen my hair? Have you seen my makeup? Have you seen my jewelry? Have you seen all that is about my externals? There's nothing wrong with having things that look attractive. Just make it not your world, your focus. In fact, the NIV lands this, do not merely adorn yourself with. Do not merely, in other words, capturing the, it can be a part of, but make sure it's not your main line focus the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. The clothing you wear. The reality is that there is gonna be an attentiveness to things. There is gonna be an attentiveness to how things look. And as you go after those together, making sure that God gets all the glory in it. But making sure that you're a good steward of, it's not become your whole world. Managing your heart more than your hand and making sure that God truly is honored in that, ladies. The clothing we wear says so much about where we're at. Ladies, you can go after clothing that is trying to make a statement about how trending you are. You can try to use clothing that's gonna show off portions of your body more. Be careful with that. If it's starting to become such a demonstration of you and your physical body, you're beginning to move into the adorning. Be careful with how much you go after those pieces, may God get all the glory. I'll just say it this way. Ladies, you are a beautiful, spiritual being with an earthly, physical body. Like this is a super huge deal. This is called anthropology. You are a spiritual being with a physical body. Like for those who pass away and they go to heaven, their spirit goes to heaven and where's the body? Well, that was left behind. Make sure we grasp this. Our anthropology has to be so centered on, I am a spirit being who happens to have a physical body. May I care for them in that order of priority, right? May I care for them in that order of priority. That's all he's saying to make sure that you're going after your spiritual health and growth and life and beauty more than just the physical. And it's not wrong to care for the physical, it'd be wrong to care for it primarily or majority. May God get all the glory. So he says, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart. 
So I didn't just make it up. It's right here in the passage. Let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart to be able to go after that sweet, sweet spirit where you can make an impact in your home, where you can make an impact with your family, with your friends, by the words you share right out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he's like, let's make sure that your heart is absolutely stunning before your God. Ladies, that's the number one call. Your worship will explode when you seek for the soul to be the center of your world. Your worship will explode when you seek that to be true. And the externals are great, but they're the extras. They're the add-ons along the way. He says, go after this heart with an imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. With an imperishable beauty. Why did he say that? Well, because when we work to dress up the physical, the reality is it's fading at best. When we work to dress up the physical, it's aging, styles go out of fashion, Gold is no longer the cool thing. Silver is, right? Everything shifts physically, but spiritually it's never going to change. It's always the character of God on fire in your life. May God get all the glory. There is no dating. There is no fading. There is no going away. Body fades. The gold corrupts. The clothes get outdated, but not the heart that's on fire for Jesus Christ. Not ever. May God get all the glory. And, um, let me just say this. In our home, uh, we have budgets. We live by budgets. And uh, can I just say, please live on budgets, all right? And uh, we talk about godly parenting. We talk about godly wife, godly husband. Make sure you put budgets in line. It doesn't have to be down to the penny, but make sure you're making wise decisions. What are we going to spend on and how are we going to do this? We actually even use something where we kind of keep track electronically so we know how much we've spent. It's sort of like electronic enveloping, if you want to say it that way. But just tracking your budget along and making sense out of it. Have a budget for what you spend on clothes. That's great, ladies. Just so we're super clear, John's clothing budget is a little more than mine. You might be like, you may need to spend a little more, Tim, right? Like, I'm okay to hear that. Like, the reality is, I love to just have a few very comfortable things, and I'm great with it, and I understand that this world maybe shifts a little faster than I do, and I get that, and I catch up every once in a while, you know what I mean? And the reality is, as we walk along, just make sure you're wise in how you're spending, making sense of that, and then the majority of your time and effort and energy is like, Lord, I long for you to be glorified by what's going on in here. May you truly... Be honored by what's happening in my heart. He says, the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Gentle. Uh, this word, maybe meek, or uh, I saw a great statement this week describing it. Grace of the soul. Like when people come in contact with you, grace spills off of you and affects them. Grace of the soul. It's being able to be kind and gentle with others it's accepting that God dealing with me is a good thing. And whatever he's doing in whatever way he's choosing to do it, I'm willing to sit under God pouring his grace into my life and I'm letting God lead. Some things may not be going at all like you would want, 
But instead of it being the rebellious, angry heart, it's okay, God, I'm letting you lead on this. Even sometimes with tears in my eyes, I get you have a plan. And so God, I am leaning on you and I am trusting in you. As you let God's grace pour into your heart, I'm telling you it'll fill up and spill out. This huge privilege to be able to share the gentle spirit of the world and the universe, God himself, by you yourself being gentle with others. What an awesome privilege to be able to speak that way. By the way, that can be in the tone you use, that can be in the words you use, that can be in the content you choose to go after. Ladies, making sure you're going after a gentle spirit. Get to know the God who is gentle with you. Let him fill you up and let that spill out. May God get all the glory, all right? A gentle spirit and a quiet spirit. And uh, this does not mean don't talk, all right? Super misused passage moment. And the quiet spirit, like this is not what, it, everybody say not. This is not what it means. Woman, why did you just speak? Not that. It is not that. Quiet spirit, here's what it means. It means you're not fighting, you're not rebellious, you're not pushing back against in any way. There's a sort of a calmness, there's a tranquilness. In the midst of whatever circumstances are going on, your spirit, your heart is not disturbed. Like you see your God having all of this and you're trusting him. And those can be easier said than done. And it depends on what circumstances you're sitting in and some of the wars that I know some of you ladies are going through right now, whether it be physical health or family things or job things or whatever, I'm telling you there are so many worlds of hurt going on to be able to stop and put it down before your God and say, okay, God, this is crushing me, but I am ready to see your hand on this in ways I can't imagine. I am ready to hear from you as you rock my world. Teach me, God, as I sit gently before you. Man, whatever you're going through, allow the quiet spirit to be welling up as you're letting God lead. Are you noticing the consistency as he's like ultimately let God move in your life. Let God lead. It'll rock your world. It says all of this, which in God's sight is very precious. Which in God's sight is very precious. I love this phrase. This is what he's saying. He's like, ladies, when you are walking through this world and you are living with your God and you are letting him stir your heart and even with tears in your eyes at times saying, okay, God, I am letting you take charge. I am leaning on you. I am trusting you. You have this calm, quiet spirit, gentle with those around me, puts a smile on God's face as he literally says, that's my girl. That's my girl. She's with me in this and we're walking through hard times and I am going to so pour in to your life. You're my girl. That's the passion. To know your God as daddy and to know him, to put a smile on his face as you walk with him and let him care for you. 
Man, it gets so easy to fight in this world, doesn't it? Don't leave me up here alone. It gets so easy to fight in this world, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Right? We're getting ready to go on a trip that's now like five something a gallon. Push back. Like our hearts start rising up and we're starting to want to, man, just be careful. Make sure that we know that we serve the God of the universe in whichever way he calls us to walk and whatever things he calls us to walk through, I will worship my king. My job is not vengeance. My job is worship. And all of God's people said, man, may that be the message of our heart. It says, for this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. He's like, that's what I've just been talking about. This is what we saw in Old Testament times. This is what we saw with some of them there. And then he says, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Okay, well, it's 10.03, let's close up. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's break this sentence down for a second. So first of all, the word obeyed, it means to sit under and hear well. It actually has the word hearing and under as put together, okay? Hearing and under, it's really the same thing we just said, allowing him to lead. There's communicating and talking together, but ultimately allowing the husband to lead, may God get all the glory. That's that word, so we've got that understood. What it is not, I no longer get to speak. I no longer have my own passions. Remember all the not we already said, don't lose track, right? That's where we're at. And then he says, Um, and calling him Lord. And some of you husbands are here right now and you're like, new nickname. (laughs) Let's make sure we understand this word well, Lord. It just means the one who's ultimately responsible over. So when we talk about Jesus Christ as Lord, he is responsible for the whole universe. He is Lord, capital L, over all. And all of God's people said... And man, there is a headship and a responsibility and ultimately saying, hey, I'm putting the husband as responsible in the home. That's what that word means. You ultimately have authority and you answer up to God. God bless you and good luck on that. Like that's what's going on. That's the statement that's made. I get you give answer to God. So I hear you and I'm gonna allow you to lead. That's that sentence well understood. And all of God's ladies said, amen. Amen. Do what you want with the Lord nickname, all right? (laughs) It says, and you are her children if you do good and you do not fear anything that is frightening. And you are her children. Like, man, you're like the offspring of Sarah. You're like the one who is starting to understand the God of the universe. You're grasping this whole picture. You're seeing God at work no matter what the circumstance. You're letting God stir in your soul and bring up a welling up of gentleness and quiet spirit in the middle of a mess of a world. And you're letting God lead. Even where things should rightly be shocking to you, You know the God who has it all in hand, so the frightening things don't even well up fear. Man, perfect love casts out fear. I'll say it this way. When we have high fear, we will have high control. Those go hand in glove. So ladies, if you wrestle with control, you are wrestling somewhat with fear, maybe even a lot of it. Be careful. May worship be what you're going after. 
And all of God's people said, and please hear me, may we all put ourselves under the headship of God Almighty. He's in charge. It will be a repeat plan over and over and over again. Me under God. Lord, you in charge. I'm worshiping you. I'm ready to hear from you. What do you have to say? May each and every one of us, husbands and wives, put ourselves under the greatness and the glory of God. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's pray. 